for the Global Wear Podcast. I'm Toby Barrett. Today, Global Wear Executive Director Kimberly Haley Coleman and I are taking a journey to the Philippines. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect from our programs, about the culture in the Philippines, and other important details for your expedition. For more information, feel free to visit our website or just call us. But for now, we'll jump right in. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Kimberly. Today, we're going to talk about the Philippines because I'm fresh back from a trip there and I wanted to share everything while it's fresh on my mind. And luckily, we are also joined today by Toby Barrett. Hi, Toby. Hi, Kimberly. It's good to be hey, here. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for keeping me on track. We're going to jump right in. Um, and I just want to give a little preface that uh, the Philippines... Right now, there is uh, a landing card that you'll want to fill in before arrival on your airplane. And so you can find that video on how to fill out that form on YouTube, and it will have been emailed to you on uh, your welcome aboard materials if you've registered for our Global Air Philippines program. Anyway, the Philippines is an amazing country of over 7,000 islands. It's a really unique culture, very impacted by Latin America and the United States uh, because of our military presence there for so many years. But it is also a very poor country with a very low literacy rate, a very high poverty rate. Uh, in particular, almost no medical care for most women giving birth and a pretty high a mother and infant uh, mortality rate. Uh, there are a lot of areas where they need care and help, and you will see that firsthand on our programs. You'll see how appreciated it is. One of the things I want to prepare you for, the community that we are working in, uh, which is in what the locals call CAPSI, Cabanachuan, um, and I struggle with all of the Filipino words and names, so please, uh, I beg some forgiveness. I, I wish I, I could do it better, but one of the things you'll see in this community is they are not used to a lot of tourists. And you as a visitor, as a foreigner, are looked at with a ton of curiosity, warmth, and openness. And if you so much as smile at someone, they're likely to come over and want a photo with you because it's that rare that they see people. Uh, so just be prepared for that, lean into it and enjoy it. Uh, they're really warm, welcoming, open people um, that enjoy sharing their culture. So uh, when you arrive, you're likely to be flying first uh, and foremost into Manila. If uh, you want, you can fly onwards to Clark, which is closer. The problem is at the moment in 2023, there's really only one flight a day, and it usually is nine hours after all the flights in from the U.S. arrive, whereas if you drive it, it's three hours. So this is why I say you're likely to be flying into Manila, and once you arrive, our coordinator will meet you, and it is about a three-hour flight to our program work site. Uh, but anyway, we will not be going into full detail with everything on the orientation. This is primarily intended as something you can listen to while you're working out or driving or cleaning your house to help you kind of know what to expect on our program. Um, 
So you'll want to find all the latest details in the materials that we email you. So with that said, Toby, what get us started. Let me know what we should begin with speaking about. Yeah, I, I figured we could begin with an introduction to the local community uh, in Kavanaugh Tuan City. Yes, which that's what people call Cab C. And it is uh, in the Philippines, there are the provinces, there are three main islands, which are broken up into seven provinces, and then thousands of little local municipalities that has a local Filipino word, I can't remember how to pronounce like bilingue. And we will be working within one of the bilingues that's about 20 minutes outside of Cap C City. Uh, so while you might think of Capsi as your home base, um, you're actually 20 minutes outside of it because the further you get from the cities and the more urban areas will actually have the greater need. And that is why uh, we will be about 20 minutes outside of Capsi um, and the local community we're helping. You'll actually be involved in helping the local schools, the local uh, just residents when it comes to home building and any of the local other projects that pop up. And by that, I mean, for example, they are affected greatly by typhoons every year during the rainy season, which starts in July, and goes for about six months. So we might be helping rebuild walls, putting in uh, new windows and so on, depending, and it may be just for a local homeowner. So just stay open that our projects are often impacted by whatever has happened just prior to your arrival. We always have a set list of things we're going to do, but they may be uh, preceded in urgency by some recent event. So uh, just come ready with an open heart. While they have many different dialogues and they have a Filipino language, they also are largely taught English in schools, though many people stop going to school in fifth and sixth grade. So you will see signs everywhere in the Philippines, even in small little towns that are in English. And yet you will come across people who hardly speak it. So it's kind of a strange disconnect. I, I don't, I can't think of another equivalency. Normally, if you see all the signs in one language, you also hear people speaking it. So it's just an odd thing. You think with all of these signs in English, most people must speak it. You will find people. Our coordinator certainly speaks uh, beautiful English, but um, don't be surprised that you'll find that kind of disconnect. But the word po is something they add at the end of sentences to uh, designate politeness. Uh, so, for example, if someone says thank you um, in the local language, they would be saying salamat po, and they kind of say it like that. They sing it salamat po, um, but they'll also often say thank you po. So they'll add the word po, even if they say something in English, and it just means that they are giving you respect. It's similar, for example, in Thailand, someone might say kapun ka or kapun, kapun kap to designate politeness, it's sort of the equivalent of that. And I won't go into a lot of cultural nuances. You'll learn that once you're on location, but that's a little good one to get in. Tell me, what's our next major category to discuss? Why don't we talk about some leisure and cultural activities? Okay, there's so much to do. You're not going to be able to do it all. Um, but you'll see that uh, 
one of my favorite things to do is going to the Minnelungau National Park for rafting. But I should say that unlike um, national parks and other places, this country is beset by political events and corruption that are difficult to explain in a quick podcast. As an example, that park, one of the main entrances um, was closed recently by one of the local mayors who was not happy that he wasn't reelected. So we have ways of going, but it's not the traditional way. And there's a lot about Filipino culture that fits in that category. Uh, So don't be surprised to hear our coordinator and local communities refer to uh, unusual methods and ways of going about doing a cultural leisure activity that you're not reading about in Lonely Planet. Um, And I hate to get into too much detail because as personnel change in any of these areas, the way we go about it may change. But the Minalungao bamboo rafting, you when you get there, it's this beautiful crystal clean water with these limestone cliffs and you bring food and your bathing suit and you get on these rafts. It's like six to 10 people per raft that have a little bamboo table and roof on them. And you hire a local person who uh, will raft you uh, for about an hour or two. And it's kind of a floating party and you can get off and swim and you can go up to a cave. Uh, so it's one of the more interesting things to do. The local population loves karaoke. And one of the things I love to tell people is you do not have to worry about looking for people who are singing karaoke. It will find you. It is everywhere. Everywhere you go, you will hear people sing karaoke and it's a great way of interacting with the locals. I don't care if you're on the raft. I don't care if you're at a restaurant. I don't care if you're at someone's home, you will hear it everywhere and they're obsessed with it. And it's really a fun, interesting part of the culture. Um, You will also be doing a uh, local Filipino feast where they put all of the food out on banana leaves and you eat with your fingers and there's mounds of rice and fish and pork and uh, fruit and everyone eats together from that uh, bamboo leaf table spread. Um, And it's a really communal time. It's a very communal culture, very multi-generational. People live together with um, many generations so that you get to know Uh, kind of the closeness and connectiveness of the local culture. Um, There are also these floating restaurants. You're likely to visit at least one on your program. Um, The Filipinos are just crazy rabid, happy to go shopping. And our coordinators are generally always surprised when we explain that it's not usually the highest priority for our locals. So they're likely to say, hey, do you want to spend some time going to our local malls? They're very proud of their big, huge, ginormous shopping malls. But it's just important to communicate with your volunteer what you're wanting to do. Usually we will have the week laid out 
um, showing what we'll be doing. You're likely to go and spend some time, some of your free time seeing a beach, seeing some of the stone formations, uh, doing the Minalungao rafting, doing the floating restaurants, doing the feast. Um, but on the first day, uh, your coordinator will go over all this with you and you can discuss if there's some reason one of these things doesn't sound like something you want to do because all of those things are planned but optional. It's the work that you will be going to. So anyway, that's a little bit on what you'll be doing with your free leisure culture time. Sounds fun. What about the tour of Sea City uh, and Gapon and San Isidoro? So some of that will depend on how much time you have on the trip. We Because we only really have time for three to four, those will be the things that you discuss with your coordinator on arrival. So um, really, Gapan is more fun during Christmas time. And I should say that one of the interesting things about Filipino culture is that they celebrate Christmas for five months of the year. And when I say they celebrate it, I mean, everybody's got their trees up. By September 1st, everyone's got their Christmas trees up. There are Christmas lights on, all the Christmas decorations in all of the malls. They're singing Christmas songs and Christmas festivals. And so Gapan, for example, is really great to go to when it's during that Christmas season, but otherwise it's less interesting. So uh, that's one of those things you'll discuss on arrival. Let's move on to packing. What should you bring? Okay, so packing. One of the things I, I just want to remember to say about packing is, um, you know, in a lot of our program locations, you'll need to be bringing um, adapters for your electrical items, like for charging your phone. In the Philippines, almost everywhere you go will have the two flat pin uh, that we use in the United States and Canada. So you probably won't need an adapter. If you are reading a, a guidebook, they'll often show a couple of different options, either the um, dual European round pin or the one where the uh, two flat pins are closer together than ours with one little third round one. I usually bring those, but I I think I've only ever seen one place that had another option. So you're probably fine just not bringing an adapter. You can usually buy those on arrival. Um, it's a sort of unique feature. In terms of packing, it is hot and humid year round. Um, because it's so near the equator, the temperature fluctuation isn't huge. So, you know, you're looking at between 90 and 95 for a high most days of the year and between 68 and 73 every night for a low. It's humid. So you want to bring clothes that will um, handle that heat and humidity. Um, it is not a dressy location at all. Uh, you'll see so many people are wearing like shower shoes and flip-flops and certainly in the local communities where we're working, most of them have very little. So you'll even see them wearing the same shirt and shorts every day, several days in a row, uh, which is why bringing clothes as donations and shoes are a really good idea in the Philippines. Uh, but it needs to be clothes that are easy to, you know, whether you're cleaning it in the sink with shampoo or paying someone locally to do it for you, stuff that you don't mind getting dirty while you're working and volunteering. Um, in terms of modesty, you know, in Asia, a lot of places, they want you to have your shoulders covered or your ankles covered or your knees covered. You do not need to worry about that in the Philippines. They don't have a similar sense of modesty. Um, and I think some of this is, you know, in many of the Asian cultures where a Buddhist 
uh, culture um, dictates some of that modesty, particularly when going into temples. They don't have that connection because it's a largely Catholic country and it's hot. So you'll see it's okay to wear sleeveless shirts and spaghetti straps. That's just fine. I usually only bring one bag for myself with just a few uh, shorts and uh, t-shirts and I just keep rewashing them. And then I usually have however many bags my allowance, uh, my airline allows me to bring with donations. And for the donations, I'm usually bringing uh, gently used clothing items for kids or adults, shoes, um, toys, books, um, any sort of sports equipment. They are crazy about basketball. Uh, you know, in Latin America and places like Puerto Rico and Cuba and the Honduras, you're going to see a baseball obsession. But in the Philippines, it's basketball. And you'll see one on almost every block. And I don't care how poor the community is, they play basketball. So any sort of basketball items you bring, whether it's basketball, basketball pumps, nets, um, basketball jerseys, uh, any of that is highly prized and you will find people that love it. Um, I've brought gently used dresses that my children no longer needed. And those are so prized. Um, so you might think, gosh, I don't even know if this is in vogue anymore. Don't worry about that. You're going into communities where they have so little that your clothing is really appreciated. Now, you're going to want to bring all your toiletries. However, if it's, if in there, that major town I mentioned earlier, that's about 20 minutes away, uh, you can buy things. There are 7-Elevens where you can buy things like sunscreen and toiletries, but you'll save some time if you just bring the main things you'll need. I think it's always a good idea to have things like granola bars and peanut butter and spam, just in case you don't like the local food. One thing I will say about the food is it is not particularly inventive. Um, there's a lot of seafood, pork, and chicken that is prepared very simply, very little spice added to the food. Um, you'll see a lot of rice, a lot of fruit, and things are just prepared in a very uh, simple way. You'll see things like pepper, lime, salted fish, and you order it and you it just tastes like fried fish. And you wonder where is the pepper and where is the chili. So if you like those kinds of spices or chilies, just bring them with you because you won't find a lot of that there. Um, I think it's a good idea. Obviously, sunscreen, bring a hat. I really like to bring a little neck fan or the little um, towels that you can wet that kind of stay wet for a few hours to cool you off. Uh, those are all really good things to bring a little day pack so that on the work site, you're able to keep your sunscreen and all that with you. I think a money belt to keep your passport on you is not a bad idea. Um, and depending on how many people we have on our trip, there are several different hotels and homestay options where we keep people. Some of those have um, safes and some don't. I'm telling you, those safes, all of the local staff seem to have the a backup way to get in in case you lock yourself out. So I just don't know how secure that is and we can't make any guarantees about it. So for your own uh, peace of mind, it's not a bad idea to wear a money belt. Um, 
you can bring um, insect repellent. You might hear that there's malaria in the Philippines. It's not in the areas where we operate. So you don't, you know, we're not allowed to give medical advice. So we're not allowed to tell you you don't need malaria pro prophylaxis. We're required to tell you to con consult your medical professional. Um, when I uh, just got back from the Philippines, I did not take malaria prophylaxis, uh, but I did bring insect repellent. Um, in terms of what else to bring, Toby, what am I leaving off on the packing list? Uh, it's a good idea to bring a bathing suit um, for the Aminalungao uh, bamboo rafting. Uh, what else am I leaving out in terms of packing? Um, our, our official packing list has, has a lot on it. So I think it's more helpful for people to like go to the program guide and see what wasn't mentioned here. But again, <laughs> It's very detailed and, and whatever you need is on there. Yeah, good point. Next, I think we should talk about gifts and donations. Okay, gifts and donations. I mentioned previously that any sort of used clothing and shoes that you bring are great. Um, toys, basketball-related equipment, um, any sort of toys, puzzles, books, pencils, rulers, solar calculators, but even things like stethoscopes. I try, I keep a pile. Um, I keep a little trunk that whenever I come across something where I've got more than one of it, or I bought a new one, I put all of those things. And so every six months, I've usually got at least two or three suitcases worth of donations. So anything you'd find of use um, at home, it's likely that the locals will use it. Some things obviously aren't easy to bring, things like, uh, you know, breakable dishes and things like that. But pots and pans, yes, they will use them. So, um, and, and our packet will usually have much more up-to-date items that uh, are uh, particularly needed for the moment. Okay, next, I think we should talk about accommodations. What's it like to stay? Okay, so we we have several different places we stay, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because it really depends on if we've got two or three people or 200 or 50. Um, when we have smaller groups, we really like the homestays because you're able to get to know a family much better. Um, we always have air conditioning, flushing toilets, running hot water, fans, all of that. Um, at all of the different places. So just uh, know that it will vary when we have the really big groups. We're, all, we're having to stay in Cap C at a larger hotel. Um, it comes with more amenities, but it is a little more removed from the local culture. So just be prepared that you're not going to be in super fancy accommodations, but you'll have all of those bases covered. Um, when I'm talking, I should mention that when it comes to toilets, it's always a good idea once you're outside of your accommodations to carry toilet paper with you because most of the local toilets do not have toilet paper there. Sometimes there will be someone out in front selling you toilet paper for a little bit of money, but um, you will not uh, often find toilet paper already there. 
while we're on the subject of money, one of the things I recommend is as you arrive, first of all, you should let your bank know ahead of time that you're going to be traveling so that you there's not a fraud alert on your debit and credit cards. I think you should bring, I always bring um, a debit card, two credit cards, and one or $200 US cash, just so I have a few different options. And then as I arrive, I usually withdraw about $200 worth of the local currency from the ATMs at the airport. And uh, it's a good idea to get familiar with whatever the exchange rate is right before you arrive. So you'll know what it's worth. Usually that's enough to get you through the whole week. And you're really only going to use it for souvenirs. If you run out of, you know, local, local, your toiletries, or you're wanting to buy alcohol, that kind of thing, you really don't usually need much. Uh, but that's the most efficient rather than trying to exchange U.S. dollars for uh, at a local exchange bureau where the exchange rate is really bad. Uh, so that's what I usually do in terms of money. Now, the locals often do not have um, small change or they will say they don't have small change. So if you decide to take a little trike ride, for example, and it's 140 pesos because they use a Filipino peso. Um, you will, if you have uh, a 500 peso bill, they'll usually say they don't have change. So if you're worried about getting change, it's much better to just at some local business, try and go ahead and get some money exchange so that you have small bills because the locals won't have it. All right. Tony, yeah. Next. And while we're still talking about money, uh, our program fee covers all your food and your accommodation and related expenses. So don't worry about having money for all of that. That's all covered um, in the in the fee you paid in the beginning. Isn't that right? That's right. With the exception of, um, you know, we usually have coffee and tea at our breakfast, but the any sort of alcohol um, or soft drinks or specialty drinks, like some fancy coffees, things like that, you might get on your own. That's extra, but... Yeah, that's right. Cool. Let's talk about the food. All right. So the food, as I mentioned earlier, is relatively, it's not very inventive. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of fish, chicken and beef, um, a lot of rice, vegetables, fruit. Um, there are some unusual items you know, they're really huge fans of Jollibee there, which is their equivalent of McDonald's. And they, um, they use some cooking oil that isn't going to taste familiar to you and you'll either like it or you won't, and you'll taste it in a lot of their foods. Um, the other thing that's really unusual is when Americans were first in the Philippines and brought over their ketchup culture, they weren't finding a lot of tomatoes um, being grown in the Philippines. So they started making ketchup out of bananas. Whoa. And yeah, it's weird. And you won't be able to tell because they'll bring you ketchup. Like if you get some potatoes and they'll bring a little dish of quote unquote ketchup, I mean, it's red, but it tastes odd. And it's because they've taken ground up bananas and some spices and red food coloring. And the reason you'll know it's not ketchup is number one, it just doesn't taste like ketchup. And your mouth turns red because of the red food coloring. 
<laughs> but the locals have all gotten used to it and love it. And so one of the most popular dishes at Jollibee's is spaghetti with banana ketchup. And I've tasted it. It's edible. Um, but the locals just are a bit crazy for it. So you will see banana ketchup in some unusual situations. Um, it's just something that's locally offered in many places. In any place you would be offered tomato ketchup, you'll usually be offered banana ketchup. Not to say you won't ever, ever see tomato ketchup, but you're going to see banana ketchup more frequently. Um, and then you'll see usually uh, the fruits and the fruit juices that are offered are quite good. Uh, I just wouldn't anticipate, you're not coming to, uh, you know, if you go to Manila and you're at, you know, the Raffles Hotel, you'll be able to get all sorts of exotic and interesting food, but you are going to be in a more rural area and a place where people don't have access to tons of food. So just don't come with the idea that the main reason you're coming here is for um, really fancy variety of different cuisines. You will have uh, local foods to try and things you haven't eaten. I absolutely love the Spanish sweetbreads they have, and they often offer for breakfast. Um, and their eggs are fine. They have a local Filipino sausage that's quite good and really spiced with cumin. Um, but try and just be open-minded and know you're not likely to have, uh, you know, you're not going to be offered pizza. And not that it's not available, it's just not widely available. Uh, just come open-minded and bring some backup options just in case you don't like what's offered. You've got some granola bars and peanut butter in your bag just in case. Speaking of, of adventurous and, and open-minded, there are two local delicacies that on our program guide that I wanted to ask you about. There's a fish flavored ice cream, uh, like only available uh, allegedly in Nueva Ecija, uh -huh. as well as uh, ballot, like fertilized duck egg. Yes. Yeah. And you will see both of those and have the opportunity to try them or not as you like. Um I'm not a big fan of the fertilized egg and the, the fish ice cream is an unusual taste. You know, you can decide how adventurous you want to be, but it's a great opportunity to try those because yes, you're right. Those are um, offered in a very unique way in Nueva Ecija, which is the province where we operate. Yes. I know you talked a little bit about weather when we were talking about packing, but could you go get a little bit more specific about the climate and Come up, Cabana Tuan. Yes, Cabsi and the surrounding area, Nueva Ecija, that hot and humidity, uh, you're just going to have to know you're likely to have. Um, a lot of people think, gosh, I don't want to go during the rainy season, the monsoon season. Um, and yet, it's actually a great time to go because what happens is, it starts to get hot often midday and then the rains come and cool everything off. So it'll go from 90 down to 79 in a matter of minutes because the rain comes. So it cools off and a lot of people are actually relieved for that. And it'll often rain for a very short period of time, often while you're taking a lunch break. So I wouldn't let the weather, whether you're going mon season or not monsoon season, dictate whether when you go or whether you go. 
because they both have their advantages. You want to deal with rain at all if you go during the dry season. And if you go during the rainy season, it actually usually doesn't last that long. It can, but usually it doesn't. And it cools things off. So those are the main things to know. I would bring, it's always a good idea, I think, no matter what time of year you go, just to bring an umbrella or some kind of rain gear just in case. Um, the umbrella, uh, I always carry one around and I find myself using them just to, if I'm walking around outside, just to keep the sun off me and to show you how common that is when you, uh, if you take any of the domestic airline carriers within the Philippines, they, as you're getting off the plane, because most of the jetways aren't covered on the domestic airline routes, they will hand you an umbrella as you get off the plane, just to walk from your, uh, from the bottom of the stairway to get to the terminal. Um, it's a very common way of keeping the sun off you. So it's good to bring that. Um, anyway, that's a bit about the weather. What about our coordinator, Gigi? So, um, Gigi is such a treasure. She uh, has been involved in social work for many years. Her English is incredible. And she is the kind of person who is always thinking of things to do for her local community. Uh, and you'll see that. You'll get to know her. You'll probably meet um, a lot of her family. And uh she bends over backwards to make this experience joyful for you. Um, and she is open to, if you're looking for or needing something, for example, um, you're wanting to find uh, local rattan bags. I mean, she knows where everything is. She's, she's a source of warmth, information, and culture. She loves sharing her culture. So you will really enjoy getting to know her. What about uh, the arrival meetup and departure? Like how could you walk us through flying into Manila and what happens after that? Yes. And this is, I'm glad you asked about this because this one is a little bit tricky. Again, you were likely first to arrive into Manila. Um, now, the way it normally works, if you wanted to go to the closer airport, Clark, you have you would be waiting there at the airport for seven hours, and then drive and then flying the one hour to Clark, or you get picked up in Manila where it's about three hours away. So it tends to just be better to go to Manila, um, where our coordinator will meet you when you exit the airport. Uh, first of all, I should say the Manila airport, it's very important to share which terminal you're coming into. And you're usually everyone's coming into the same one, but it's not like most airports. There are four different terminals and they're each 20 minutes away from each other. And they're not connected with any sort of tram or bus or anything like that. It's very difficult, very confusing. And on top of all of that, um, they often have a sign out front of the terminal. It, it may be terminal two, but there's a sign that says terminal one. So it makes it really confusing for people who are leaving, who are independent travelers. Um, they often spend an hour driving around in a taxi, just trying to figure out where they're going. You won't have to deal with that when you're arriving. As long as you've told us your flight information, we have looked up what terminal that is and as you arrive, um, the main terminal you'll be coming into, as you exit, since we no one is allowed to actually come to the first exit that you come out of, 
as you will first go through customs and immigration, you'll be showing, uh, you know, when you, you'll either already be in their system with a QR code from the e-travel form, or you'll have filled it out in paper uh, if a flight attendant has given it to you. Then you'll go and get your bags. And then as you exit, hopefully you've stopped at the ATM and gotten some cash. As you exit and you go outside for the first time, you will then cross the crosswalk and you'll see almost everybody is doing that, crossing the crosswalk. And then you come to this parking garage structure and you'll be confused. Do I go right or do I go left? Because it's showing for names, you know, that start with A through M go left and through M through Z go right. Well, ignore all that because that's if you've parked there. It doesn't matter whether you go right or left because once you come to the bottom of that ramp, there's another crosswalk you have to go through. When you've gone through that second crosswalk, you will see our coordinator there wearing our light blue coordinator shirt, holding a global wear sign looking for you. If for some reason you do not see our coordinator, please note in your ready, set, go email that we sent you is the contact information where you can contact our coordinator. And the best way of doing that, while you can call that number direct, much better is to use the WhatsApp application. That's how almost everyone in the Philippines communicates with each other. Instead of using regular text, they use WhatsApp. So if you already download that before you go and go ahead and put Gigi's number into your WhatsApp, then you'll be able to contact her and say, hey, I'm here. I don't see you, but she usually finds you. But anyway, that's just a, a little tip on arrival and departing. Um, our coordinator gets you to the correct terminal, so there's really no worries on that. All right, Toby, where are we now? Let's finish off with uh, safety and security. Okay, safety and security. And this is a really good one to ask because, you know, Manila, when you fly into Manila, if for some reason you're arriving a few days early or staying a few days late and you're spending time in Manila, well, Manila is one of the most densely packed cities in the world. It's a big city and it comes with all the joys and all the crime that come with a big city. And that primarily means that if you're going to be in crowded areas like markets or uh, any place where crowds gather, you're going to have to watch your valuables, particularly your wallet and your cell phone. So I would just say you need to take particular precautions, making sure that you know where those items are on your person at all time, particularly when you're in Manila. You'll see that in Cab C, it's not anywhere near as crowded. And particularly when you're out in the provinces at our work project site, um, it's downright rural. And uh, people are polite, warm, and friendly. However, because they have very few resources, you still have to remember that if you leave your cell phone sitting out, that represents about six months salary for someone. So someone who is having trouble feeding their family, if they come across seeing uh, a cell phone unattended, there are people who will take it. So uh, not everybody, but it's like anywhere in the world. So just you do need to be careful about your valuables. But in terms of physical safety and physical harm on our program location, this really is not a concern. So you don't need to worry really about that. And our coordinators, we do the whole time. So. Anyway, it's an amazing location. Culturally, there's so much to offer. The people are so warm and friendly and you will come back feeling changed. So we are really excited to have you join us. Remember, as Toby said, that we have much more detailed information in our materials. 
Um, I think it's always a great idea to have a couple guidebooks and read through them, flip through them. It's fun just to have that information. We also have lots of um, YouTube videos you can watch about the Philippines. So we encourage that. Toby, is there anything else I'm leaving out? If you're looking for some reading on the Philippines, you can check out Philippines Culture Smart, the essential guide to customs and culture. You can also check out Journey Through the Philippines, an unforgettable journey from Manila to Mindanao and beyond. And you could also check out the Lonely Planet guidebook or website. Those are all really great. I totally recommend those. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Don't hesitate to email or call if you've got any questions about your program. That's what we're here for. And in the meantime, have fun, help people. We hope to see you soon. Thanks, Toby. Thanks for joining us. For more information about Globalware, just visit our website or our Facebook or LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. We're pretty much on every one of those social media platforms. As always, have a good day and safe travels.